Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Thanks to Rehoy and Son as ever for their support of the show. They are big supporters of local sport. I'm Tony Kerr and with me today is Gareth the Prevo. Hi, Tony. And on the line, Rob Batiste. Hi, Tony. And I say on the line, Rob, today, because <laughs> you are on the line as well um, at the weekend. That's a very clever lead-in. That's a very <laughs> clever lead-in. I'm impressed. <laughs> is that part of the, um, the job spec of the, the new director of football at Rangers? Um, not necessarily, but I think anything goes, to be honest. Uh, yeah. It was um, good fun, good fun. Yeah, good to see you with flag in hand. Did you manage to keep up with the play down at the KG5? Of course, of course. I think there was only three um, offside decisions I had to give, which were all very um, straightforward. And the only thing I did, my big mistake I made is calling Danny Cooley, Darren Cooley, <laughs> father, and he, he seemed to be quite put out. Saying, I don't look that bloody old, do I? <laughs> oh, that was the only abuse you caught back, was it, from the players? Yeah, yeah. I did get a few shook, shook my hands at the end, so it wasn't too bad. Good stuff, Rob. Seriously, though, um, a significant weekend, I guess, um, for the club. A first FNB Premier League game down at the KG5. Um, a 1 0 defeat against the leaders North. Um, we'll come on to the game itself in a moment, but just in terms of the occasion, um, what was the experience like? I suppose for the players, you know, for for the Rangers kind of club as a whole as well. Well, I don't think there's anything grandiose about it at all, to be honest, Tony. It was our first game, but I mean the club have been playing other age group games there um, for quite a long time. The first team trained down there, and they knew all about the pitch, um, which has been widened probably by about seven or eight feet from last season. And I think it makes a little bit of a difference. Um, Stewie de Prevo and the team have, um, gave us a fantastic surface, surface which I think um, North appreciated as well as us, and um, it all made for a good game. Yeah, does it feel like uh, the sort of place, like you know, having seen you know one first team match down there now, um, does it feel like the sort of the right place for Rangers to be playing this season? Yeah, I think it does. I mean, I think um, historically um, St Andrews has been well, our home for the last quarter century or so but in terms of first team football it doesn't really suit um in this day and age although the pitch at st andrews has never been better never been better jules cobine has done a fantastic job in looking after that and it's been it's far more level than it was in the old days i remember as a young player playing down there and and almost being sort of soaked up um by the mod mud in the in the bottom corner right hand corner by the gate it really really was terrible in those days and it was always bumpy come sort of the spring very very bumpy it's much much better now it's got a really good surface on but as for first team football goes now kg5 has got is a much much better um, prospect for us and um and hopefully will help in our job in actually enticing one or two extra players come our way in in time what I will say is actually um, there was a really good crowd watching it, the game, um, from the from the clubhouse, you know, which was open, the bar was open. And that clubhouse really does make for good viewing on its various levels, you know. Um, so, yeah, it was a um, good day out in the sun. Shame about the result. But to be honest, I mean, you know, I didn't expect um, uh, Rangers to... Um, to take anything from the game necessarily it's still very early days in the rebuild and you know north i would fancy them to be honest they're my favorites to win the league and to hold them to one nil i thought was a, a great effort and um you know be, be shame shame we couldn't get a late very late goal to sort of spoil their party but never know 
they deserve the deserve the victory. There's no doubt. Yeah, as you say, holding North to just that that goal and Seb Shepherd uh, in between the sticks um, played a pretty big part of it by all accounts. By by heck, he did. He, that was an absolutely breathtaking performance from him, particularly in the second period. Um, he made some fantastic saves. Not only reflect good reflex saves but brave stops as well, you know, diving at people's feet. And, you know, it was a terrific all-round performance. Seb is not the tallest goalkeeper around, but having said that, we've got in the island at the moment, we, we are really lacking um, tall goalkeepers. Um, I suppose Nick Batty's is probably the tallest of the of, of the first-team players. But he, no, he really has got a fantastic spring on him and... Um, you know, you sometimes think, oh, well, he's not going to get that. But he does pluck them out of the air as well. So, yeah, we're very, very happy with Seb as a recruit. And he's a wonderful lad as well. Really, really good. The type of player we want playing for us. Yeah, yeah sounds like a really good... Everyone. Sounds like a, a great a base to build a side on then. Yeah, and to be honest, I was, you know, Chris Tardiff did make the point afterwards. And Chris should know as a former pro goalkeeper himself... He believes that Seb has got the ability to really push hard for the Marathi spot this year. You know, it's people would say um, that it's a two-horse um, chase between Jason Martin and Josh Addison. Um, but I think, to be honest, the way he's been playing at the moment, he's every bit as um, capable as those two. And... Um, we shall see what happens, but because it's a long season, but he's certainly um, up there with them at the moment. Oh, interesting! Uh, yeah, interesting. I suppose sort of battle for the gloves ahead then as well. Of course, always with one eye on the island games, and I suppose there'll be um, at least a couple of slots for keepers in that squad. You would expect so. No, I think they'll probably name probably about twenty odd for the for the um, island games. So, and, th- and if that's the case, I would expect three goalkeepers. But um, so, yes, there's everything to play for for young Seb and and the others, to be honest. Pretty open call there, I think. Yeah, we'll watch that one pretty closely. Uh, Just what we got you, Rob. um, I mean, we're we're sort of well underway now, aren't we? Five or six weeks into the season. What what sort of struck you so far? Well, it's one of those things. The season seems to have been going on for ages already. (laughs) But yet, at the same time, it's hardly got going, you know, because of the, you know, the death of the Queen and various other things. It just seems to have been very splintered so far. Um, very bitty. But having said that, you know, we've seen enough, I think, to suggest that both North and Saints will be um, probably the main contenders. But Rovers obviously started really well as well, won the Rawlinson. They are pretty, they're a very capable side. Whether they've quite got it, I don't know. Um, Saints are coming into form. They've got Louis Hunter back much earlier than they expected um, after his overseas trip. And, um, you know, I just, they've got still got that winning mentality, Saints. So it's going to be very, very difficult between, very, very close, I should say, between the, 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 them and North. And I think the, what may well swing it is the um, how much GSC. Um, choose to utilise Sam Murray, um, the North captain, going forward. He was playing for them last weekend and has obviously made his mind up. He wants to have a good crack at GSC. Um, whether he um, stays with them or whether he goes back to North for the big games particularly, is um, we'll, we'll see really. But I think they, for them to win the league, they will need Sam playing um, 
on a very regular basis and certainly on the big games. Oh, well, cheers, Rob. Thanks for um, dialing in. Uh, hopefully you won't have to, to be on the line uh, too many times this season, but we'll hopefully see you uh, in person pretty soon. And um, uh, yeah, we're going to have a catch up, aren't we, soon about your uh, sort of greatest uh, club sides feature that's been running every Saturday in the paper. I just about got to the halfway stage, so um, I'm sure uh, anticipation will be building about who, uh, who will be um, sort of jostling out for the top spots there. Yep, let's hope so. Um, some we've already seen some you know great units being um showcased and i think um the ones to come um will will stir a few memories of um the old football supporters that still are around and remember those days yeah great stuff well we'll see you soon cheers rob cheers mate Ta-da. nice one uh, Gareth Rob mentioned um, Rovers there uh, as well. Um, the only unbeaten side in the Prio, albeit at such an early stage, I've only played three games in the league. Um, but you were there um, to see them beat Bells 2-1 at the weekend. Deserve win for them? I think it was, Tony. Yeah, it was um, a bit of a strange game, really. It was, um, it, was a, it was a decent first half. I thought Rovers were very good first half and they sort of, um, they, they went in at half-time 2-1 up. And then the second half became really, it just petered out really as a game. It was There wasn't much to talk about, certainly in the last half hour. And you expect either side to be pushing for goals, but it never really sort of transpired that way. But um, no, Rovers, I, I think, did merit the, the three points. Um, they uh, started brightly. They hit the woodwork a couple of times in the first five minutes. Um, and then they took the lead through um, Max Simpson-Cohen on... I think it's 14 minutes in. There was a, a corner whipped in by Sam Hall, and uh, I think Finn Whitmore hit the hit the post with a header, and uh, it was just bundled in. It was one of those where, when you're a reporter, you, all you can see is a mass of bodies. You're thinking, hopefully, somebody's going to come out claiming a goal. And <laughs> Max Simpson came, came sort of running out, hand up in the air, making sure that um, he was credited with it. So um, I had no problem giving it to him. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then there came a, a contender for goal of the season for um, for Bells with their equaliser. It was um, it was actually came from a, a Rovers attack, fully enough. It was another set piece to Rovers, and they sort of um, they uh, hung it up into the box, and it ended up in in the hands of Reese LeBron, who sort of looked up and saw uh, Mark Crusher McGrath sort of peeling off to the right wing. There was only sort of like him and one defender back, and uh, Reese hit a really good long clearance. He sort of. It was a very measured clearance, but it just rode on the wind. It's quite a strong breeze actually down at the track on Saturday, sort of blowing towards the the sea, and um, the ball just sort of kept going. And Crusher ran onto it. Um, Adam Bullock and Gold decided to go backwards. I'm, I'm not surprised he decided to go backwards. It was, it was a really difficult one to judge, just the way it was bouncing. Um, and then, yeah, it's sort of it's one of those that as it bounced up, you thought, well, you've got to try and hit it on the volley. But you can imagine, sort of nine times out of ten. It would have just looped up and gone perhaps out for a throw in, or but it, would, it wouldn't have surprised me if it went nearer the corner flag than it would have done the net. But um, yeah, Crusher hit it absolutely flush, perfectly on the volley, and it just it just rocketed into the top corner. I mean, no goalkeeper was going to save it. It was just an absolute peach, and it was just one of those that um, uh, of, of any striker on the island, if if one of them was going to score it, I would have probably put a backed Crusher to do it, and it was an absolute beauty, really. Um, but to be fair. Um, Rovers responded very well, went not perhaps straight back up the other end, but within sort of five minutes or so, they were back ahead. Um, it was a good goal, Tyler McCain finding uh, Simpson Cohen out on the left, and he beat a man. And from a narrow angle, he, he drove home a really a pretty fierce shot, which um, uh, found the bottom corner. So, um, yeah, that put Rovers ahead again, sort of on the half hour. And after that, they 
they could have gone further ahead, to be honest, in the in the first half. I don't think a, a two or three goal lead by half time would have flattered them. But then, yeah, like I say, the second half, they had a couple of early chances. But after that, it, it really petered out. It was, it was a bit disappointing in that regard. But um, uh, Rovers did deserve the three points, I think, on the day. Well, here's what Rovers coach Kevin Gillies had to say to you uh, at full time. Well, congratulations on the win, mate. Um, what was your assessment of the performance? Uh, first half, I was, I was pleased. I thought we played well. Uh, created chances in, you know, in control of the game. Um, scored a good goal. Conceded. You know, a very good finish from Crusher. Yeah. Uh, nine times out of ten, that ends up in Vicky Avenue, but he called it sweet. And then we re- reacted well again. Got an- got another goal. Thought Simpo took his goal really well. Second half, never got going for some reason, which was a bit disappointing. But managed to uh, managed to see it out. So came here for the three points. So uh, job complete. Yeah, uh, you sort of mentioned you're trying to build some momentum now. You've got sort of games coming yeah. up. I mean. Yeah. Um, in that regard, I suppose it's a good way to start that. Mm. Definitely, yeah. You can't get better than three points, mm. you know. And uh, you know, you take it every week, even if the second half did seem a bit frustrating. But we're uh, we're winning games that we weren't last season, so that can only be only be a good sign. In terms of, I mean, like you say, Crush's finish was yeah. outstanding. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of sort of like the goal, the whole goal itself, we yeah. just wanted to give it away because it came sort of Route One style. Yeah, well, it, the, I think the wind in the first half was stronger than what we thought, mm. and. It went over the top of Louis Fuller and then Adam got caught in two minds whether to come or not and thought, thought he'll go safe and leave it because he didn't think Crush was going to hit it. And he did, <laughs> you know, and so sometimes you just have to, you know, just um, applaud the finish, you know. Yeah. But it would have been nice um, have the clean sheet, but if you're going to concede a goal, then that's not a bad one to concede. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think you deserve the three points, but yeah. did it get a bit nervy towards the end there? Or always does. It always does. You can guarantee. You know, we had we had moments where we could have closed the game out. A bit naive sometimes the way that we were keeping possession in the second half, but but we've done it. So um, you know, you can sort of you can analyse it till the cows come home. But it's it's three points, so we've got to be happy. Kevin Gillies speaking to you there, Gareth. Yeah, as I say, only three games played for them so far, but two wins and a draw to build on um, what was a, a very positive preseason for them as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, good, good to see that it's not oh, potentially going to be a, a sort of straight shootout between North and um, Saints this season. Um, yeah, such early days, isn't it? But yeah, Rovers showing that they're going to be there, uh, ready to be counted. Yeah, and it seems that they're, they're sort of they've got the sort of side where you know you look at the team sheet and you, you've got players who, who know their roles, um, and, and they've got sort of people fitting in in. So, sometimes in the Premier League, you have sort of like um, square pegs in round holes, but Rovers have got people who fit in nicely. I thought um, Colton Fletcher had a decent game at left back, and it's nice to have a natural sort of left footer going down that side. Um, obviously, Tyler McCain has played some GFC stuff, so he's always going to be a pretty pretty useful guy to have playing right back or right wing back, depending on which way they go. But um, no, they, um, they've certainly got, um, they've got covering positions as well. So I think Rovers... They're going to be a tough side to beat. Um, whether they've got enough to sort of come out on top by the end of the season, I, they would have fancied their chances. I'd have thought. Um, I'm probably along the same lines as Rob. I think if I was had to had to pick a side, I think the, probably the best team are probably North if they've got their whole side out. But you know, with like he said, um, Sam Murray and Tom Bode and people like that, sort of having a go at GFC as well. It um, it could turn into a really interesting season. And um, I think Rovers, they're, they're just a side who will quietly go about their business. They'll be picking up points sort of on a regular basis. And 
I, th I think they will certainly be in contention until sort of deep into the season. Yeah, well, a long way to go, as Rob said before. I mean, it has felt like a little bit of a bitty start mm. um, to the campaign, but I'm sure um, yeah, things are going to start motoring um, pretty soon. Um, elsewhere at the weekend, it was a big win for Saints at home against Alderney, 6-0 um, for them. A big win for Velrec at Sylvans as well, 5-0 as they bounce back from that heavy defeat um, to North. A 12-goal swing in that one. So, yeah, pretty impressive response um, from Mark Rommel's side. Well, yeah, I think it also helped. They've, they had uh, Louis Travis back up front as well. I know he scored one of them, but uh, yeah, I... I it's making me look quite a good pundit because after the North result, I did say it was just a bad day in the office for Reckon. They don't need to worry too much about that. And then they come out and win 5-0. So um, I think I'll stick with that one and not, not predict <laughs> anything else for the rest of the season. <laughs> a quick word on GFC. Um, heavy defeat for them on the road at the weekend. 4-0. Um, they lost at Chertsey Town. Uh, Tom Martin sent off um, pretty early on in the first half uh, after Guernsey had gone behind. Um, having conceded a penalty. Um, so a disappointing day for them there. Um, they're 19th now in the Isthmian South Central. Um, just the one win to their name, of course, uh, this season. Um, back home at Footslane, though, on Saturday against Ashford Town. Um, that one, a two o'clock kickoff. But yeah, a tricky start for the Greenlands so far. Any concerns for your end, Gar? Well, the slight concern I've got now is that Ashford Town on the weekend beat um, Northwood, who had won their first six. <laughs> so um, I'd imagine Ashford are pretty um, confident coming to Foots Lane. But, um, I mean, yeah, it was one of the... I mean, Chertsey was always going to be a tough game anyway, but when you're playing over an hour with 10 minutes, it is going to be even more difficult. And... Um, and GFC were also missing sort of some big names in that one as well. I know Ross uh, Allen didn't travel in the end. So it it's one of those that um, they need to get some of their, their sort of real big names back, I think, you know. But um, they, uh, they, there's plenty of time still to go. I mean, 19th doesn't sound great, but I think they're only two points behind 12th at the moment. It's, it's a very congested table. So they just need to get a bit of momentum now. That's the thing. They, they, it's been a bit of a stop-start campaign for them so far because... The English calendar sort of fits in a lot of knockout games, and we're not in, or GFC are not involved in those. So um, uh, they've got a, a run of fixtures now, and if they can sort of pick up, um, you know, a few few points, a couple of wins, just uh, in the next sort of month or so, it will. I think it will look brighter pretty quickly if they can do that. Well, let's hope so. Um, as we say, GFC hosting Ashford Town on Saturday um, in Guernsey. As far as senior football is concerned, um, the only fixture is Bells against Sylvans in the FNB Premier League. That is because we've got a full slate of WeWay Cup games over in Jersey. Um, Saints go to Grooville, North are at St. Juan and Rovers are at St. Peter. Um, St. Paul's and St. Clement facing off in the other quarterfinal uh, over in Jersey. So yeah, big weekend um, for local sides in that one. Gareth, I know um, while I was away, um, there was a, a, well, quite an exciting and sort of to and fro game at Northfield, Grooville getting the better of North um, fairly convincingly in the end, but another game with a red card um, in it uh, that changed the, the course of it, would you say? Um, it, it arguably changed momentum. Um, Grooville were the better side in the first half. They were, they were definitely deserving. The, I mean, they, they went 1-0 behind sort of against a run of play early on, and then they went 2-1 ahead, which they thoroughly merited at the time. And then North, just in the last five minutes of the first half, they started to build some momentum and got an equaliser just before half-time. 
Um, and then, unfortunately, 90 seconds in the second half, um, yeah, Craig Young got a straight red card for... It, it was a straight red card. It was a, a two-footed challenge. Um, by all accounts, um, he was he was quite fired up by a, a good half-time team talk. I think he... I think he um, <laughs> too fired. Yeah. I, I, um, having just got back to two all, I think they, North were sort of really buoyed by that. And then, um, yeah, he just went... Uh, he just, just got carried away with it a bit. Um, but as soon as they went down to 10... Uh, Groover were just they just controlled the game really well they managed it really well and um, yeah they deserved their 5-2 their win at the time but um, if, it, if it stayed 11 versus 11 it, it would have been um, quite I reckon it would have been a good tight game but um, yeah that that did make a, a, a big difference to the to the outcome that sending off oh, we'll see how Saints go against them I mean Groover have only played one game in the uh, Jersey Premiership this season they've, they've barely even started <laughs> To be fair, I, I, they've, probably, they've played a few other sort of cup games. There's quite a few different cups going on in Jersey, and and they looked a good side actually. Um, I've I've seen a couple of Jersey sides now. I saw St Brellard against uh, St Martins in the in the Jeremy, and St Brellard they were decent, but I, I think Groover are a better side. So um, it'll be it'll be a tougher test for Saints. Um, all depends on what side Saints are able to put out again. Because I mean, they, they did beat, beat some Brellard with with a very young side, so they did well there. But if they got a few of their experienced heads back, um, I think that could be a really good game in Jersey this weekend. While we're talking about Jersey football, um, their senior men are off in Italy at the moment in the UEFA Regions Cup. I don't know if you've been following their progress there, but uh, they lost out in their opening game and um, had it all to do um, in their second game against a side from Germany and um, Bavaria yesterday. Um, and they won it 2-1. The last gasp winner from Jay Giles after Ruben Mendes has scored for them. Um, an absolutely stunning equaliser. Um, so yeah, Jersey going well over there. Interesting to see. Uh, Martin Cassidy's comments after it, he described it as, oh, that, that victory is Jersey's well, the best ever win by a Jersey FA representative side, which is, um, yeah, some going. And, you know, he's, he's obviously uh, been involved in a few, well, at least a couple of Marathi wins in his time. Um, yeah. It's obviously a very good result for Jersey. We don't like to give them too much credit. We're not going to give them too much credit, but I think it's worth uh, worth just mentioning uh, how they're getting on over there. Um, before we finish, um, just a word on a few of our other uh, players uh, doing it overseas, doing it in England. Um, Mayor Letizia is back in the England under-23 squad. Um, in fact, there was a quite a lot of talk on Twitter when England's uh, had announced their senior squad um, for their upcoming games that, that with Mayer not involved. And it was quite noticeable how many of the replies were saying, where is she, basically? <laughs> um, so uh, we, we keep saying it, but surely it won't be long before she's involved in the seniors. Um, good day for Ben Acey over in Bristol, or in fact, at Millwall. Um, he started and scored for their under-21s um, today against Millwall Um so as I say, a good day for him. Uh, one all uh, finished there. Another red card in that game um, for Bristol. Um, so uh, yeah, good stuff. Uh, good to see um, Ben uh, involved uh, over there and doing well. Um, I'm sure we'll uh, catch up with him at some point during the season. And I just want to finish um, with what happened at the KG5 on uh, the weekend because... Uh, on the yeah, 3G at the KG5. I should say on the 3G, <laughs> exactly. Um, because uh, some of our, uh, should we say, more experienced players um, were taking on an England side. Yeah, it was a it was a charity game um, between well they were called sort of super veteran side. I think it was Guernsey over fifty fives versus England over sixties. The England over sixties were largely sort of like top amateur players from their day, but they did have a couple of guys who've played um, some league football. Certainly, uh, Gary Nelson has played over six hundred games. I think league football. He used to play for Charlton and Brighton back in the day, and uh, he actually became a, a quite a renowned author for his diaries of a sort of a lower league footballer's season. Um, um, but by all accounts, he showed he's still very capable. I think he's 61, 62 now. 
Um, but he's still he's obviously kept himself in pretty good shape, and um, certainly a couple of the, the Guernsey players but, um, were were pretty impressed, shall we say, of, of how good he was and how good the rest of them were. In fact, I think they were just an outstanding side, and um, yeah, they won the game. Uh, the England over sixties won the game five nil, but it was a, by all accounts a very enjoyable experience for all involved, and. Um, it must be good just to be able to say you've been on the pitch with that, the likes of those sort of players, just uh, and even if they're slowed up perhaps from their from their playing days. Yeah, it does show you the uh, perhaps. Well, I mean, I'm getting on myself, but um, the difference in age group. I did have to ask you, who is he? I, well, yeah, and I'm I'm only 42. <laughs> but I think I think the thing is with Gary Nelson is because um, uh, Brighton is my mum's local side. So um, I when I was growing up, I sort of Brighton my lower league side, and I, I knew who he was immediately. And I've, I went up to um, Darren Cooley, who works here with us at the press, who was actually playing in the Guernsey over 50 side. And, and I said to him, are you going to be playing against Gary Nelson? And he had exactly the same reaction to you, Tony. Who, who's that? Um, he, he knows all about him now because I think he ran rings around him on the weekend. So, um, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, no, he, he was a bit of a lower league legend back in the sort of like the late 80s, early 90s. And um, yeah, he, he, I think he was over, over 650 appearances in the league or something like that, wasn't it, in the end? 129 appearances for Southend, 144 for Brighton, 185 for Charlton in the 90s and finished up at Torquay. Mm. Um, yeah, good stuff. Uh, yeah, well, Darren, I think, was very impressed with how he, uh, how he moved around in the midfield. I, I think Gary Nelson did show his class to sort of everyone on, on that pitch. He was certainly um, probably a cut above everyone else around. Yeah, good stuff. Well, uh, Gary Nelson's probably telling his friends about Paul Ockerford. <laughs> <laughs> Ockie was a good player in his day, that's for sure. Um, yeah, good stuff. Well, yeah, I think fantastic to see um, those matches um, taking place and some, uh, yeah, I mean, with the walking football as well, you know, some real good sort of um, links aren't there being built, um, you know, with those sides in England. So that's um, really good to see. Uh, cool. Okay. Well, I think that's just about it um, from us this week. We'll be back next Monday with another Guernsey Press football podcast. Um, looking back on uh, that GFC home game and reflecting on the Inter-Island football as well. Um, if you're not already, do give us a follow on social media at GSY Press Sport. It's a place to go on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to hit follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcast to get every show delivered to you. And of course, pick up a copy of the Guernsey Press six days a week for the uh, very best local football coverage. Uh, our thanks again to Rehoy and Son and we'll see you next week. Cheers, Tony. Thank you.